Hi, I'm Dan Primack, and welcome to Axios Recap, presented by Facebook. Today's Thursday, August 20th. Steve Bannon is down, new jobless claims are up, and we're focused on Joe Biden's promise to create 10 million clean energy jobs. Tonight is the fourth and final night of the Democratic National Convention, with presumptive nominee Joe Biden expected to become the official nominee and give his acceptance speech. If the first three nights are any indication, expect to continue hearing much more about personality than about policy, stories rather than specifics. But one policy thing that has been raised multiple times is Biden's promise to create millions of jobs in the renewable energy sector, areas like solar and wind and the 21st century electric grid. It's one of the few big ticket economic policies from the Democrats that isn't necessarily reliant on a COVID vaccine and which Biden argues could help reverse our current recession. So in 15 seconds, we'll dig into his plan, including what it means for the future of fossil fuel jobs like fracking ones with New Mexico governor and Biden campaign surrogate Michelle Lujan Grisham. But first, this. We're joined now by New Mexico Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham. Governor, one of the things we've heard a lot this week during the DNC has been about how a President Biden would usher in kind of this surge in renewable energy jobs. Can you give me the big picture? How would he do that? Well, yes. So but I want to frame it. Not only is he committed and has incredible policies, about $2 trillion in investments for infrastructure, which, by the way, Congress is really both the Republicans and Democrats want an infrastructure bill. So I think there's a place here to negotiate that clean energy investment, right? We all want to move to a clean 21st frankly, into the 22nd century economic infrastructure. But look at the frame. We have a White House that is a climate change denier that is not interested in anything related to renewable energy or incentives or tax breaks or training of individuals or even connecting with young people who want different jobs. So under that frame, we have to catch up, we have to join the world stage again, and we do need the infrastructure, including modernize America's electrical grid. So Joe Biden is committed and has a plan to do all of that. It reminds me a little bit in a different time and a different economic crisis, but it reminds me a little bit of what we heard from the Obama-Biden campaign 12 years ago. And there were programs, there was private loan programs, there were incentives, et cetera, for renewable energy. And there were certainly increases in employment in that sector, but there wasn't this massive surge that had kind of been, if not promised, at least implied. What would be different this time around? The country, I think, is now really clear about the issues related to climate change. And I think also the Democratic caucuses in both the Senate and the House and Congress have been really clear that you need an infrastructure plan, you have to have an aggressive climate change plan, and states have been, like ours, have been tired of waiting for the federal government. So the climate, pardon the pun, for getting this done is completely different. And the fact that the United States has been identified as a problem as the world tries to attack the climate crisis Those issues are ever more present. And of course, now with a thousand plus scientists saying you are out of time, there's no pivoting, there's no building. It has to be this immediate focus. I think all of those give you a whole different context for getting this done. You mentioned your state in New Mexico. The energy sector overall is a huge source of employment there and clean energy also in particular 
when you look at what's happened in your state when it comes to renewable energy, is there some kind of blueprint that you think the federal government can follow? Or is it very, very state dependent based on weather, based on terrain, based on geography? No, there is a blueprint. So you are right. And for your listeners, New Mexico is the third largest oil and gas producer in the country. So we have a very interesting juxtaposition here, but we also have one of the most aggressive clean energy efforts and a statutory design to do that called the Energy Transition Act. Two things to know. The major oil and gas producers are clear that we need to move to renewable energy and are embracing that even in their own industries. And look at oil and gas prices. They're clear, right, that we must do something different. And they supported us, as did our state legislature, to make sure that there's equity investments, not just infrastructure, not just talking about job training like everyone can be a coder. Remember that a decade ago? Just in one county, one region where we're going to retire a generating station. $40 million, which in New Mexico is real money, 20 million right into the pockets of those displaced workers, and then 40 million to the community to do the brand new economic development that's going to be required. The Biden plan recognizes you need these equity investments in rural America. That's entirely different. And that's a blueprint that I'm very proud that New Mexico, I think, has led the effort in across the country. Let me ask kind of a combination of equity and arguably debt, right, which is during the Obama administration, there was a huge Department of Energy loan program really for renewable energy startups. I know all the headlines were about the problems with Solyndra, but overall, the program actually made money for the federal government. Lots and lots of companies benefited from it. Could you foresee a similar sort of program, either renewal of that program or at least a reworking of it? I think a reworking of it is a very important part of the solutions that we have to come up with as a country. We talk about being the clean energy state, the startup state. We have two national labs. And we are also clear. We passed legislation that said our state investment practices have to include supporting startups in the state. Will all of them make it? No. But the issue is far more will if they get both the first initial investment and then the secondary, right? That's for small, particularly high-tech businesses, venture capital investments, start with you, but then don't hang with you. We need a national agenda because we're going to have to transform our economy. It's not just clean energy, which is critical. We have a transformative responsibility. Can't go back to the way in which we were doing things. We now know how fragile that is, doesn't give people careers and real economic security and choices for the future. If we miss this opportunity, we're doing a disservice to American families. And I believe that Joe Biden is really clear that he's not going to miss this opportunity. You mentioned, obviously, that in addition to renewables, that New Mexico has a very large oil and gas industry as well. The issue of fracking is one on which Senator Harris and uh, Vice President Biden disagreed during the primary. Can you help me? What is the ticket's position on this? Because they did not agree on this during debates. Is this an administration that would ban fracking, that would only ban it on federal lands, wouldn't affect it at all? The way in which I am perceiving to your question, because it's a bit confusing, that it looks like the movement is to place a ban potentially on federal lands. I'm opposed to that. Look, I think fracking, A, is an issue that people really need, including I've spent more time because I'm a governor of a state that's got a large oil and gas economy. What happens in eastern part of the country with lots of water is one issue that needs to be addressed. What happens in the west and southwest is completely different. 
You know, the footprint for now, basically horizontal drilling is completely different. We call it e-fracking here. We require that they are using renewable energy. We don't use vast quantities of water. It all has to be recycled now in New Mexico. I'd like to have a scientific conversation, much like what this country needs to do in public health, about how does that transition look? How do you hold polluters accountable? This is a state that will have a very aggressive methane rule to reduce methane emissions. I think these do far more to clean up the environment, to protect our communities, particularly communities of color, and to move into a renewable energy future than a debate about an antiquated issue in many respects without having all of the facts. So I wish I could answer it for you. I prefer the vice president's position, but I also recognize that Democrats are looking and should for every vehicle and tool to your point that incentivizes drastic effort so that we really aren't continuing to destroy our planet and that we're clear about those risks. And you got to give, I think, the platform committee and others real credit for pointing out that we do have a conflict in these positions. I'd like a little more practicality here. I guess the last question I'll ask you is a political question, electoral political question about that, which is by selecting Senator Harris, who obviously, you know, the VP always ends up going with the nominee's positions on these big things, but she was fairly clear that she wanted a national ban on fracking. Does that hurt the ticket in the Southwest, in the Mountain West? I don't think it hurts the ticket. I think it's going to be an issue where they've got to be really clear about where they're headed. And here's what I expect from the ticket. These platforms, right, lead in terms of what the threshold priorities are and how you get there. I expect a Biden-Harris ticket to be really clear about having relationships, which is missing, with governors just like me who have ambitious, aggressive, productive, clean energy and related economic plans. I want respect and support for meaningful efforts here. They create that kind of flexibility. They can meet the demands of both. And that's going to be responsive to voters and business owners in the West, Southwest, and right here in New Mexico. New Mexico Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. Thanks for having me, Dan. I appreciate it. Welcome back. What we're watching today is the jobs market after the Labor Department reported a significant increase in new weekly unemployment claims, reversing what had been a downward trend. This could just be a brief blip, but it comes as Congress and the White House are stalled on the next stimulus, even though many economists believe the initial stimulus is what helped the jobs market begin its mild recovery. So I asked Axios Markets reporter Courtney Brown for her top takeaway. The numbers showed this morning that there are still over 1 million people filing new applications for unemployment, much lower from the nearly 7 million applications we saw at the onset of the pandemic. But I also think the one thing to remember is the sheer level of applications. In other words, the number of people who are still counting on receiving unemployment to supplement their income, still over 1 million. The Labor Department reported today, 28 million people are collecting some form of unemployment. That's still one-fifth of the workforce. And finally, former Trump campaign chief and top White House strategist Steve Bannon was among four people arrested today for allegedly pilfering funds that had been raised to help build a border wall between the U.S. and Mexico. Three quick things. First, it remains baffling that people, any people, believed a private crowdfunded campaign would build a national border wall. 
too. There is some snark-worthy irony in that Bannon was arrested by federal agents from the U.S. Postal Inspection Service. And three, President Trump this morning, in response to questions from reporters, said that he disagreed with the private wall-building effort. But that stands in contrast to what we heard from Kansas Secretary of State Chris Kobach in 2019 when he told the New York Times that Trump told him, quote, the project has my blessing and you can tell the media that. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Tim Shovers and Naomi Shaven, have a great National Radio Day. And we'll be back tomorrow with another Axios Recap.